Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I wanna collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. Hi, welcome to Fat Mascara. I am Jennifer Sullivan. What's up? Jessica Beth Matlin. <laughs> oh, we're doing middle names. Mine's Aaron. Actually, now mine's Goldstein. I changed that. You, That's oh, sad. You, you, you I lost my middle name. Middle name. Well, I mean, you can't have four names. I guess oh you can. God. Yeah. You can. Jennifer Goldstein Sullivan here for your listening well, you pleasure. you didn't actually drop, like you didn't, when you legally changed your name, you didn't drop your middle name, did you? I did. My legal name is Jennifer Goldstein Sullivan. Oh my God. I didn't know that you could drop it. I mean, you can change your name to whatever you want. That's true. I know. It's a free country. <laughs> That's pretty liberating to change your name. It is for it's whatever cool. reason. Hey, hi, everybody. Welcome. I hope you had a good 
Thanksgiving week if you got to take some time off. And I think we forgot to warn people of this, but we also took the week off to celebrate our families and get together and all that good stuff. So we're replaying some uh, two interviews this week for you. Today's episode, they're both, they're both favorites. I just have to say they're both favorites. So we picked good ones to share with you. We've got David Lopez for you this fine David Lopez Tuesday. in the house. Yeah. Yes, I like this one. This is from last fall, which feels like both yesterday and forever ago. David Lopez, I love David Lopez. I met him actually, I was watching his tutorials before I met him and then I met him at a Maybelline New York event. Yeah. And it was like the crack of dawn when I met him. I remember meeting him at like, well, not the crack of dawn, but I remember it felt like it was like 8 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> crack of dawn in the just, fashion world. <laughs> yeah, it was 8, it was 8 a.m. in the morning. And he just had the most delightful personality, but he also gave me to this day the best like it wasn't like a blowout. It was like a hair. It was like a wave, like like those those beautiful waves that I actually show whenever I'm getting my hair done, which isn't that often lately. But um, you save the picture. You're like making me look like yeah, this. It's yes, it's my favorite. I'm sure all the hairstylists really appreciate. That. <laughs> no other hairstylist listening has heard yeah. that. Just you, David. <laughs> he, is, he does the most incredible wave to waves, which we talk about in this episode. Oh yeah, but he just has the most incredible way with um just doing like like kind of i say like real girl hair but um i don't want to say real girl because on a less tactical level he has really big ideas about degenderizing the beauty space and yes. that's really interesting to me and he just talks about it in a really beautiful way i mean jen did you like this conversation I love this conversation. And since we talked to him, he's been he's been having a lot of success. So we're really excited for him. And um, I think you'll get some, like Jess said, practical tips. But also just we have a good conversation about the state of hair today. So we yeah. hope you enjoy it. And then we'll see you on Friday with another episode. Happy holidays. Happy start of the holiday season, everyone. So, David, I met you on set as a hairstylist, but I would never say to our listeners, you know, we're having David Lopez on the show. He's a hairstylist. He's great. No, no, no. David, like, how do you, what, what is your Instagram, <laughs> Twitter bio? What is your elevator pitch? You know, I, and we'll get into how I got to this place, but essentially when anyone asks me what I do, I say, I help people find ways to feel good about themselves. And I do that in a way that is authentic and help declutter and take out the noise and degenderize a space that is so noisy and cluttery and genderized, ultimately there to help you feel good about yourself and find whatever way that is, whether it's mm. through a moisturizer, a hairspray, a self-care routine, a little tip that you never thought of that just made your own routine a little bit easier. That's what I'm here for. You're like a beauty shaman. Kind of. You know, the Ooh. first time I was, when I, I was in, if my people, people who know me in real life and like get to know me especially when my clients, Ashley Graham, always laughs at this. She's like, you know so much about nothing. You know everything <laughs> about everything. And when I was in high school, I remember my drama teacher, I was president of drama club, obviously. And <laughs> she said to me, you're, you're going to be like a renaissance man. And I became obsessed. And this was during the time of like Ask Jeeves, you know, it was like, mm -hmm. what is renaissance man? And I, it was someone who knows a lot about things, you know, especially within the arts and culture. And I really have never wanted to, say that's me, but in many ways, I, I kind of identify with that title because I love a lot of things and I'm a very curious person, which has led me to a lot of places in my career. 
I think we should change it to Renaissance person in yes. the spirit of this conversation. <laughs> I <actually>. love that. <laughs> so you said we'll get into it. Let's get into it. Take us yep. back when you, you are already this person who loves to learn and is curious about the world. How did you actually get into beauty? Like where you have Ashley Graham as a client, you know, and you're doing hair. It's been a really long journey. I mean, that's a whole, you know, hour-long conversation about my journey. But suffice to say, I came to New York to be an actor. And even though my whole life has been obsessed with beauty and women and how women have these routines that really give them almost like a shield of confidence, as someone that was horribly bullied and also lived in Europe their whole life, I don't look like anyone that's in Europe. I don't speak the languages. We speak Spanish. I was just always different, you know? Um... The, those routines that women had that allowed them to get there, especially as a Puerto Rican man and living in a Puerto Rican household, the transformation of this curly hair to a big bouncy blowout and the makeup and the clothes. I was like, oh my God, like I want to feel that. So I was always obsessed with it. I was always obsessed with hair. From the time I was three, there's a photo of me holding a My Little Pony backwards because I was obsessed with the hair. I used to rip up sheets of paper into, as a three-year-old, sheets of paper into little strips and run down the boardwalk in Puerto Rico pretending it was hair blowing in the wind. So it's always been mm. a part of me. It's always been something that I've loved. I've been photographing. My parents bought me a camera randomly when I was in high school and I would do my sister's hair and take photos of her, take photos of myself. I had a girlfriend in high school, believe it or not, and I did her hair for prom. You know, I did my mom's hair like every Friday, blew out her hair. So it was a part of my DNA, but I didn't feel comfortable embracing it because in my culture, it's so stigmatized to want to be in beauty because it meant you were gay. And I really did not want to be gay <laughs> during that time. But anyway, I moved to New York to be an actor and um, I was tired of waiting tables. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, you know, hair will help me kind of do something that I love to do and uh, build my own schedule. And I started working at Cutler Salon with Rodney Cutler. Yeah. And I found out the world of celebrity hairstyling and the rest was history. I started assisting. Um, I went through a really this is again before Instagram. So you had to hustle. And I was homeless for a better part of a year, sleeping on couches, making $200 a week. Uh, I was picking up quarters off the street to buy, you know, 25 cent ramen at Dwayne Reed and snacks at a bodega. But, you know, we, we persevered. Uh, cut to being friends with editors. Uh, I had an editor who was my boss at Express on uh, Fifth Avenue, right off Union Square. And she ended up being a, a beauty writer and gave me a quote in a magazine. I was not even anyone at the time. And through her, she connected me with a publicist who was looking for people to be on camera to do something with a with a brand called Amika. And I obviously, you know, Amika. And that was my first time doing on-camera work. It was great. The brand, I showed up as an actor and a hairstylist. So I knew my lines. I knew what the, the ingredients were. I knew how to talk on camera, but I also knew how to do hair. So and that, that all really prepped you. Oh my God, all of it. Everything from waiting tables to bartending to working in retail to working in beauty, being an actor, all those things came together for me in a way that led me to the career that I have now. That's 100%. so interesting because you're so great on social and even just like kind of the way you, and, and guys, if you're listening and like you haven't seen David's social media do take a look because now like it's all coming together for me. Like just the way you carry yourself and the poses and, and it's not contrived, but you like are definitely aware of Very. the camera and you carry yourself in a way that's not kind of fumbly or like self-aware. And I don't know, like I, I struggle with like, you know, when we do these videos for fat mascara, I always feel a little awkward. Like, 
hey, you know, <laughs> some of you have been asking, you know, <laughs> like, um, you're just so good at it. Um, and I enjoy watching you. So that makes so much sense. Um, I have to say though, like, you know, I have been following you for some time. I certainly can't claim, you know, from your very, very start, but since we met, I can tell even just since we met that your work and that your, your, personality has come through in a different way. Even in the past year, I feel like you've become more open and your work has become more personal. Um, and it's more about your journey and you're more vulnerable. You take more risks. Would you agree? Definitely. And it's a, it's a purposeful thing. Tell me. Yeah. It, it started with, um, this journey of being the on-camera hairstylist. I quickly got put into, that's how I got an agent. They were like, okay, I, I lost a little bit of weight. I cut my, at the time I had emo hair, I cut my hair short. All of a sudden I'm, you know, doing commercials for Tresemme in Indonesia in, in, um, you know, the Middle East. I'm like, I started calling myself David Lopez hair, which really was not anything like what you see today. It was an extremely buttoned up professional hairdresser, what my agents at the time wanted me to be. And I was happy to play the part because as someone that, dealt with shame for being gay for so long, you instinctually just want to please people. And when you're good at being a chameleon, you know really well how to adapt to the environment to make you successful and Mm well-liked. I worked my whole career, essentially, to be on something like Queer Eye. And when I met the creators of Queer Eye for another show that didn't happen, I remember them saying to me, listen, down the road, you could be something on TV. You definitely have what it takes you should work on X, Y, Z. I worked on all those things. What were the X, Y, Zs? Like, can you give us like just j- j- the things that turned me into David Lopez hair? You know what I mean? A little more polish, mm. a little less gay, if you will, like a little mm. less like eccentric in the way that I wanted to present myself. Mm-hmm. All the things that I'm doing now, I was not doing anymore. It was also more of understand what a publicist, know the business. It wasn't just like how I present myself. It was like, know the business, know what a publicist does, know how to work with brands, know what an agent does, know how to compose and handle yourself when you're around certain people, know the politics of it. And that I really struggled with. Um, Queer, I came back up and I was like, this is it. They called me in for the casting. And David, one of the creators was like, I've been watching you for a long time. And I feel like this was, this is the moment for you. I really believed in my heart. This is it. I worked so hard for this. This is my whole career. It came to this. You know, months of casting go by and we go to LA. There's 25 of us that go to LA and get holed up in a hotel in Glendale, California. And we have screen testing. We have all kinds of personality testing, screen testing and chemistry testing. And they're putting us in different groups, you know. Um, It was intense. The end of the second day where people are getting picked off one by one, which was really stressful. Netflix tells the production company, we don't feel like we're seeing David. There's something that we're not seeing. And I've never heard that before. I was like, I'm literally being David Lopez hair. Everyone loves David Lopez hair. He's professional, (laughs) a little bit sassy and buttoned up. And, (laughs) you know, they were like, no, there's just something else that we're not seeing. So suffice to say, by the end of the audition, it was, you know, the final cast that, you know, they're in a room and I can hear them filming a fake episode for hours and hours and hours and hours. And then at this point, it's probably nine o'clock at night. I've been alone in a conference room and in a hotel. And they're like, okay, we're going to switch you and Jonathan out. 
I couldn't. There was no way. I mean, Jonathan was making everyone laugh, you know, so hard the whole time. I walk in the room. You could tell the the energy that he had left in the room was so palpable. And I was just... Oh, God, I hate this story. Keep going. Yeah, and I, I and hate I, this story <laughs> so much. Keep going. And I wasn't there. And, it, you know, it kind of... I don't know if anyone's like spiritual, but like I felt it leave my body. I, yeah. I physically felt the opportunity leave me. Yeah, sure. Um sitting in that room. And I couldn't even muster up the energy to fake it. And yeah. I remember David, the creator, he was there. He was like, be a little more like this. You know, you know how people like, they start directing you like, how would, you know, be a little bit more like sassy. Like, yeah, like say like, be a little more mean or be, and I was like, were you watching even... yourself from above at this point? Yeah. Like, and I'm you, sitting yeah, there. You're not even there. Anymore. And the final, you know, the, the cast who's there, uh, aside from one of the, one of the guys is, we got switched out last minute. Um, there, they had their own energy already. I was like, this isn't for me. So, you know, they call me out. And um, they come in the room and the producers who were handling my specific uh, role uh, were crying. And they were like, you know, we love you. Netflix loves you. We love you. But sometimes a sandwich just needs lettuce. And I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I get it now. Um, I did feel like, you know, it was almost an alluding to like, oh, we, we need to, they started to spin it. Like we need to round out the ethnicity of the cast kind of thing. I wasn't sure if that's what I was getting at, but it's always how I was internalizing it. And I was- Wait, David, am I thick? Like what, I don't get the lettuce thing. It was like, you have all the pieces of a sandwich mm-hmm. and sometimes you just need the lettuce. Sometimes you just need one last piece and you're not the lettuce. But like, you know were you, mean? but were, am I taking oh, this I to- but am I might be like, am I being too literally? Am I to be like, were you too much for them? Because it sounds like I you was won. not enough. I was not enough. No, I was not enough. And it was weird because it was like, I didn't oh. understand it either, but that's never left me. I just don't understand. You know, sometimes in the situations I get it, producers and casting people don't know what to say. So they kind of just start pulling at random things they have in their pocket yeah. to make you feel better. Because I was devastated well, for a couple of reasons. One, I was embarrassed because the people that were there, everyone there out of the 25 guys, they were all like, oh, obviously this is David's thing. So they kind of pumped me up too. You know, they were like, oh, and there was like a, you know, a leaderboard, a list of who's top of who God. they want, you know? Yeah. So it was like a psychological warfare for me and it, it devastated me. But do you think, and I, and I, I'm sorry to like keep on like picking at this, but no, do you feel fine. like, like you were like not being authentic to yourself and oh 100%. and and that's what what cost you oh my god of course but the, the amount of fear going through my body and doubt like a 100 i couldn't even decide what to wear i mean now i was like would have shown up in a wig like i don't care you know but it, it's still, i wouldn't yeah you, yeah you don't know what would have happened of course no i will say this not getting that opportunity of course it didn't lead to being on a tv show that's so internationally recognized what it did give me was something that it would have never given me, which is forcing me to really embrace, love, and nurture the parts of me that everyone told me were not supposed to intersect with what I do. And ever since I've done that, look at my career, how much has changed. Yeah. It's completely done. I would have never started my blog. I would have never uh, really dug deeper into what it is that I do. Because at that point, I was kind of a little bit over the industry. I was like, oh, I don't want to do people's hair anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this like rigmarole. I don't want to be on set. I don't want to do e-com. I don't want to do this. And I'm extremely, it was a life-changing thing all for the better, nonetheless. I don't like that lettuce line. I'm really hoping that, <laughs> I, no, that really, that's like ringing around my mind. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. really, I don't like that because you don't yeah. say something like that. It was, you it, know what it means. It was, um, People who are close to me know how much that devastated me. I cried. I, I I still haven't watched an episode. 
That's some Hollywood BS right there. That's what I can't that watch is. it. No, it's fine. No, listen. Like I, I, I tell the story to younger people who I mentor. You know, especially I work with Ulta Beauty and I mentor some of the young hairstylists there. And I was like, listen, that should be a lesson to you. That things that you think are meant for you, that you work for, it's not always. That's not how life goes. And I'm, I'm glad in a, in a lot of ways that it didn't happen because I, I would have only continued the cycle of faking it. I would have, and it would have just been maybe more toxic for me. So I'm glad that it happened and maybe whatever opportunities come and whatever opportunities have continued to come are from a very place of, very much a place of like me being as authentic as possible. No, completely. Yeah. You would have just been like this, you would have, it would have been exhausting to be Mm -hmm. this kind of like David Light version Right. Where now it's like, I don't feel the difference between David Lopez hair and David Lopez. It's just David Lopez. That's refreshing. Yeah. Wow. I did not, sorry. I, I, I had no idea about that, that your background. And it's also, crazy. It, do, it doesn't feel right. I was really kind of like, what? You were going to be a queer eye? Huh? Like, it doesn't feel, I feel like you would like give those guys a run for their money. Like they wouldn't even know what to like, you would overshadow them. So no. You couldn't be the lettuce. That's why the lettuce <laughs> thing tripped me up because like you're not lettuce. So yeah, I might have been lettuce then. You never, you, you never know. I might have come off as lettuce then. Yeah. Who knows? Um. All right. So anyway, this conversation is falling on Latinx Heritage Month, September seventh. So, excuse that. September seventeenth is my birthday. Sorry. Oh, September fifteenth oh, through October fifteenth. Um. I love that you're really outspoken about your heritage, and I want to know how you feel that it plays into your content, whether it's through the dialogue and the community that you've created, or even maybe through some of your looks? Yeah, being being Latinx, being Puerto Rican specifically, is very much a part of my identity. Not in a way that you would think is like culturally in your face, just more that you are aware that I am an other, that I'm marginalized. Mm-hmm. Where I'm from really doesn't matter. What's important to me is that people understand that many people who look like me are marginalized and not included in conversations. And listen, I am a 35-year-old 35-year-old Puerto Rican guy living in and working in a space that is young and does not typically include cisgendered men like me who play with gender. Yeah. Um, and being Puerto Rican for me is, is so deeply rooted in celebration of just truly now being proud of, um, I don't want to say being proud of being marginalized, but being proud that I'm different not only being proud of it, but not feeling like I'm a victim of being part of a marginalized uh, part of society, Mm. more that I have an opportunity as a marginalized person to help the world see more clearly and bigger. I love that. So it's more, it's a celebration. 100%. And in a much bigger way than just being Latinx, because the Latin community is made up of over 20 countries, you know, with different languages, different races. And there's a lot of conversation right now about elevating and including those voices right now. And how do you feel about how um, specifically the Latinx community has been represented in beauty? I know that, you know, you were doing some work with Ulta for Mm -hmm. um, Latinx Heritage Month. I don't know that that the, the brands themselves or I think media themselves are really fully understand yet or white media understands yet that the intersection of being Latin is so many things because it's hard for people to wrap their head around because we don't look like one thing. They want us to all look like Selena, J-Lo, Ricky Martin. (laughs) But the truth is, 
is that a Latinx person is a direct result of native people to Latin America and the Caribbean that were colonized by either Spanish, Portuguese, or French, who then brought slaves in. So we are everything from black to white, but we're all Latino or Latinx. Um, for me, it's important that we keep pushing this narrative and this and this the facts that being Latinx is so much more than Sofia Vergara, so much more than Selena Gomez, so much more than Ricky Martin or J-Lo. How it's can we so get that, that message out there? And I, I say this as you know, somebody in the media, somebody who has a podcast and somebody who is an editor, you know, at a national magazine. Um, like what, what can somebody like my, myself do? And I just, just LOL, like fun fact. Like <laughs> I am, I, I don't go around saying this. Jess is I, a quarter porter. I, 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 yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, when you said like, we don't all look like Sofia Vergara, my mother, her mother, I mean, rest in peace, Dolores is Puerto Rican. Oh, so, my you God. know, my mother is half Puerto Rican, half Jewish. And my mother, her sister and her brother. Oh, my God. If you saw my mother's sister and her brother, they look half Puerto Rican. Right. But they also look half Sephardic Jew right. because they it's actually quite a similar look sometimes. Um, I do not look Puerto Rican. And you popped out <laughs> redhead with green eyes. <laughs> um, so, but my mother, when, you know, certain photographs, she looks very Puerto Rican, but she can also look like Turkish Jewish. Mm-hmm. So it just to your point of not knowing, you can't be like, oh, that girl doesn't look, you know, Latinx. Well, you don't know what Latinx yeah. looks like. So yeah, I like to throw people for a loop sometimes. And I be like, that. well, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's lots of Spanish bickering um, at you know the holidays in my house growing up at Hanukkah, you know. <laughs> at Hanukkah. <laughs> I love so, that. I think that. Um, but back to the question. I'm sorry. I was just trying to like make you laugh right now. No, I but, I love that. I see. That's that's one of the things that I love about being a Latinx person is that inevitably you'll always find people who are like, oh, like I'm mixed with Puerto Rican or like someone I know is Dominican or from the Caribbean. Like, listen, the way the world works, like it's inevitable that there's going to be that mix happening, especially if you're Latinx. Um, I do think there's a responsibility of the media to um, showcase creators. Um, think about Lala. She's Puerto Rican. But I think it's, an, a, you know, there's a thing in American media where if someone looks black, they're black. They're nothing else. Right. You know, Um and you can identify as Black and Puerto Rican. Your race and ethnicity sure. are two different things. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the, you know, there's a, even the singer called La Negra. You know, she she was on Love and Hip Hop, I think, in Miami. Um, she's, you know, Latina, Latinx, and but she's Black. I think, I think the more challenging part is pushing back against the systems in place that want to put boxes onto personalities you you talked about uh, people like putting people in boxes. Let's talk about those boxes, mm. shall we? One of them is gender, for real. And you've often talked about, and you just talked about now, degenderizing the beauty space. And that's a goal of yours. What what do you mean by that? For Let's explain it to my mom. She always listens to podcasts. <laughs> you know, we're not talking to a Gen Z person. Let's right. talk to everybody. Well, first of all, hi, Jen's mom. How are you? Melanie. Hi, Melanie. So essentially, uh, for people like Melanie, if you were to look at, you know, any beauty ad that is on television, um, pick up any magazine that is about beauty, 
you will not see a a male identifying or cisgendered man anywhere in there. Where are you going to see cisgendered or male identifying people on beauty ads? Are we going to see them in in a commercial for Axe where they're like, bro, Axe, yeah, (laughs) like, you're not going to see them in a beauty space. They don't feel comfortable going into salons. They don't want to walk into, you know, beauty spaces, Sephora's, Ulta's. So uh, my goal is to destigmatize what it is to have a beauty routine. And one, bring the heteronormative man, the straight man who wants to know more into the space but bridge the gap between him and someone like me who pushes it to the next level and then intersect with people who are who don't identify with the gender. Beauty is for everyone. And when you say it is for everyone, you really do mean that it's for anyone of any skin color, any racial background, any sexuality, any lifestyle. Every person gets up every day and does something to themselves, whether it's with a Dove bar of soap or a 10 skincare step routine that makes them feel better to face the world. And you shouldn't feel sort of any sort of anxiety about wanting to make that routine a little bit more in depth so that you feel just that much better. So that for me is truly the basis of degenderizing. It spans out into publications, television ads, uh, um, you know, think pieces and, and, and content that I create. This is how I dress every day. I don't go out in those looks. I don't go out there. Do I enjoy it? Absolutely. Do I love feeling the feminine energy? Of course, I love women. Um, but I also think that we need to start looking at the microscope of how we got to the place that we said lipstick is for women. Where did we get to the place that we decided blowing out your hair is for women? And how can we deconstruct that? Yeah, you made me think too, You in the, in the color cosmetic space, maybe we are a little bit, but in hair, it's been really like, it's a weird non-crossover. Like if you look in a guy's bathroom, there's always like the gray American crew mod. Like there's just... <laughs> You know, Jen. and if you, I'm serious, so, hair no, is more so spot on. That's, I'm laughing because it's so true. <laughs> well, like, like, I, like, I, I even like a know guys that wear con- concealer and they're like, eh, I got CoverGirl because it's what was in the drugstore. Fine. Mm-hmm. But in hair, is this because of like the places where we get our hair cut? Like they're so gendered? Like why is there such a dichotomy there, do you think? S- specifically for hair, one of the most interesting things that I always hear is that when I get um, anyone, particularly, you know, women who have partners, They're like, oh, he's using my Diva Curl. He's using my Kenra. He loves it. He would have never used it had it not been in the shower because he Mm. would have never thought to go to those spaces because he doesn't feel included in those spaces. They're not for him. They're not marketing towards him. They don't use use his his language or gender neutral language. So he's like, well, Mm. why would I buy it? It's not made for me. It's for women. Oh, that shampoo, that's for girls. Well, (laughs) girls' hair is not different than yours. And all men's hair is not the same. It's like men's hair is like wool and women's hair is like baby feathers. It's like, that's not true. Baby feathers. get it together. Like, and like what products should men use in their hair? I don't know. It's not about your gender. It's not whatever. It's not what's between your legs. It's about what's growing out of your head. That's what matters. What is your hair type? You know? That's so funny. That, and yeah, I'm sorry. Jen, keep going. From my experience, like there are barbershops and there are salons and like the gender neutral place to get your hair cut in New York. Sure. That's a thing. But a lot of places around the country, around the world, like those are two separate spaces. Yeah. And the two shall not meet. Do you <laughs> think that rare. needs to happen to help push this 
forward? Or can, should we still have those separate spaces and separate products? I think it's a, 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 a multitude of things. Not that I'm like trying to, obviously I have, a, I work with Ulti Beauty, but I think one of the reasons why I like working with them is because we're trying to take the salon culture and make it a place that truly is for everyone. Mm. There is, there's one, two, a couple of things that happen in a salon. You have your staff who work there, the kind of clients that they, that they want to have. And then you have your salon culture, whoever the owners are, and what kind of clients they want to attract. Most people are thinking, I want to attract the girl who wants a $600 service every four weeks. Yeah. You know what what I mean? we all? That's, yeah. that's the customer we all want, right? <laughs> that's who I want. They're not thinking of the person who's going to get a haircut, you know, every two weeks like me. I will say, you know, I, I, I still to this day can't find someone that gives me the most perfect fade and cuts my hair on top beautifully. My guy, Tony, who cuts my hair, he does the most insane fade, but I cut the top of my hair myself. So, really? Yeah. He's good I, I, with the clippers, but not the oh scissors. My God. I, it's not that I, yeah, I, th- I think I'm, just, I'm also extremely particular. Let's just be real. So uh-huh. I think that's part of it. But the, you know, I, I don't know that salon culture is there yet. But like, let's talk about the big picture benefits of degenderizing the beauty space. Because mm-hmm. I think it's not just like, you know, the men have the right to wear mascara. I don't think like that's what you're getting at. I really think that it's bigger than that. It's about, you know, eroding some of these really negative gender norms. Like if I can go there, I think you're kind of talking about toxic masculinity. Yes, absolutely. And um, it is the root of so many issues in the world, period. Mm-hmm. It is, um, and, and I say this as someone who loves uh, women and cisgendered women, um, it affects women as well. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the toxic masculinity and the misogyny that exists in the beauty space for men yeah. is hard because one, they don't want to embrace it. And two, when it is embraced, it's bad. That's for women, as if that's bad. You know, um, toxic masculinity is something that affects, I think, um, all of our lives, not just men. Obviously, with men, it develops a lot of feelings of shame, particularly in the gay community. If you look at gay men who come out, they don't want to be gay. Why? Because it's not manly. Why is it wrong to not be manly? Because it's womenly, and womenly things are not as good or as strong or as powerful as, you know, man things. So it's a whole cycle of that. And I think it's it's such a, a much bigger picture for me because I, I, I say this as someone who, great example, I posted videos on TikTok of me putting on makeup. Not a colorful look, no eyeshadow, just concealer. The the caption says on the video, real men wear makeup. I obviously know re- there's no such thing as a real man, but you know, it's for the in- yeah, for the intent of the video, I knew it would ruffle a few feathers. Can I tell you whose feathers it ruffled the most were women? It was hundreds of comments of women saying that they would never want their man to wear makeup. I would divorce my husband if he ever wore concealer. If my boyfriend, if I caught him wearing mascara, I and I was not even wearing like makeup. I didn't have <laughs> mascara. I was like literally putting on concealer. I was like, I wish people could see that how deeply rooted misogyny yeah. and toxic masculinity has seeped into our beauty spaces where there are beauty spaces that people are like, I don't want this person here, which you are allowed to have. We are allowed to create spaces for ourselves that we feel safe. The other part of it too, you have to understand, obviously, with the history of misogyny and obviously women not having the same rights, they wanted to create spaces for themselves that are not mm-hmm. inclusive of men. So I understand the mm-hmm. history of it. I think, unfortunately, they're the byproduct of that has led a lot of um, male-identifying people and men to not feel included in a space that should really should be for everyone yeah. to uh, 
to be in that conversation. And as someone that really, I, I say that it comes from such a deeply personal pace. I have been reading the pages of Harper's Bazaar and Allure and all these magazines since I was a kid. And I wanted to see, my, I, I never knew that I wanted to see myself. I just wished, always wished that I could be a part of it somehow. So my way to be a part of it was to do what I do. Right. And it made me feel a little bit closer to yeah. it because it feels so powerful to have a routine that makes you feel good. It's your armor. It's something that makes you feel good. And the power of feeling good means that you then are empowered to make others feel good. And you're better able to communicate your thoughts and your ideas and your feelings because you have confidence in yourself. And that really is ultimately why I want to start breaking this down and eroding this because we all deserve to be in that space and in that headspace. All of this makes perfect sense. And, you know, Jen and I have talked about, you know, the the bias and the fear that a lot of people have when people step out of their lanes and, and it comes from men and women. And it's, it's really disappointing, but I really hope that that starts to change. And I love, I just love the work that you're doing in this space. So thank you. you. I think, I think it's really fantastic. I encourage everyone to check it out. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less. They're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. 
How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Okay, everyone, I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there, when I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's good. Joanna Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lattes in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. Um, or I'm going to lighten the mood a little bit. I'm going <laughs> to shift it to um, to back to like it to hair, which is really, um, you know, how I met you. I think you're amazing at it. And you did one of my favorite hair looks I've ever experienced firsthand. And it was just this really cool, like easy wave look that like I've tried to explain to a million people and they've never like, I've like, see this? I'll show them like my phone. I'm like, <laughs> wait, where I, did he do this, Jess? On, it, it was at a on Maybelline social? event and it was oh, at like okay. 7.30 in the morning or something <laughs> insane. And I was like sleeping. In oh, the chair. on you. He did your hair. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. on me. I was okay. so lucky. And um, it was just this kind of like lazy, like when everyone, anyone says like, I just want like cool girl waves. He did it. And it was just the coolest thing ever. And when I mentioned it to you, you said it's your like one of your most viewed hair tutorials, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it can is. you describe it and why is it so popular? And we're going to put a link to it um, on our blog. Yeah, I, I think one of the most, the reasons why it's one of the most popular things, aside from it being a very trendy, quote unquote, trendy look in 2020 and the last couple of years, I think it lets people, women or people with long hair feel a sense of a little bit of polish because they did their hair but still feel like themselves and not contrived. Mm -hmm. Also, that technique really allows your length and your texture, no matter what it looks like, to really kind of come through. So I think that's what and people what is identify the technique? with. Like, it, and 
So the technique is is relatively simple when you watch the video. It's all about utilizing your curling iron in a way that you probably haven't thought to use before by providing a little bit of tension as you twist it out from each section. Um, And one of the tips that I always give people when they try this technique or they watch a video of mine, they want to try something new with a hot tool is practice it with the iron off so that you get used to the motions and watch yourself in the mirror. Watch me, watch yourself, watch me. Cause I have, you know, I have hair on, I'm doing it. Once you feel like, okay, I have the ergonomics of this. I can, I, I got this. Turn the iron on low, practice it and keep practicing. Like anything in life, practice makes perfect. The more you practice it, the better you're going to be. But it really is. Once you get it and it kind of clicks in, it's really, really simple. Um, but it's just providing a little bit of tension as you release the hair out of it and sliding it through the barrel versus like wrapping it up and then unclipping it and letting it fall and bounce. It's more about just like really stretching it out and letting it be this kind of soft undulating wave. Mm. Is this a look? I know you do all hair types. Is this a look that you have to do on straight hair to begin with? So if you have curly hair, I would say the most you need to do is just take a paddle brush through it and just like, it can be kind of puffy. Don't worry about making it super smooth, but you Uh want to at least get a lot of the curl out and then wave it 100%. Yeah. Because that's always been my trouble writing about and also sharing hair tips is like, if I'm saying them for me, and Jess and I have similar hair types actually. Yeah. I know that like 70% of our listeners, like we got curly froze, we got short Mm -hmm. hair, we got texture. So like, Hair tips are so hard to write about and so Very. hard to hear from experts because we all have different hair. So I it's know- something that I've been like really um, cognizant of when I get asked to do any t- sort of tutorials or asked to give hair types. I always try really hard to think of everyone. So I say, um, this is the technique starting from hair already smooth or straight. And I say, if you have curly hair, you want to start from this point. And people yeah, with not curly assuming hair, well, the norm is. Exactly. We can't assume that everyone's doing this picking up with straight hair. Like I have to assume that people are going to start at different places. Right. Or that they might not even want that look. Get to my other tutorial for <laughs> TK, other hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Let's talk, let's talk product. You mentioned a couple of the brands you've worked for, mm-hmm. but we want to know what's like in the David Lopez kit. Like what are some of your favorites? Mm. Hair-wise? Yeah, sure. Let's start with hair. Okay, let's start with hair. Okay. Um I'm very, very passionate <laughs> about heat protectants that have a hold. So I'm not talking about heat protectants that you put in your hair when your hair is wet. I'm talking about heat protectants before you curl it. Mm. So it's something that will provide a little bit of texture to it. So there's a product from Kenra called Heat Cast, which is relatively new. It's similar to another product of theirs called Heat Block, which is essentially also a hairspray. But Heat Cast is an aerosol can, a really fine mist, and you spray it either over your whole entire head or section by section. And as you curl it, it creates a cast on the hair while it protects it from the heat. So you get the most insane longevity out of your style. That for me is like something that's so key in what you're going to do with your hair. Um, There is um, another product from Kenra that I've been using pretty much my entire career at this point, which is called Volume Mousse. Mousse is the secret. I have a video on this, why Mousse is the secret to pretty much all of my looks. I love Mousse. Um, it's, I think it's stigmatized. It's so beautiful. It's come, it's come a very long way. I tell people, I'm like, use mousse. like mousse. I want to use mousse. I'm like, girl, use mousse. Um, mousse has it, feelings too. It does. Yeah. I always have to remind people, look, hair is like a fabric and everyone's fabric is a little bit different. But when you iron your clothes, you want to have a little starch in it. You know, you want it to keep the shape. And if you don't have any starch in it, if you just have fabric softener and the fabric is not, Ooh. it's not going to hold that shape. You know, so for oh. me, a mousse is going to embed that starch into the hair as you dry it. So that way, when you go to style it, the starch is already in there and you get those polymers to really bind and give you those long lasting styles. Yeah. Even if you are straightening it, you don't have to be curling. Even if you're just blowing it out, it gives you mm-hmm. a much longer lasting style. 
Okay. Kenra Moose. What about, what about your gorgeous skin? I don't know if you have a light on. Do you have a good light on? Because you look fab. I have um, a Ricky mirror light, which I'm obsessed with. I love my Ricky mirror. I'm at a vanity right now, which has, okay. So my, this is, I feel like this product is extremely polarizing, but Biologique uh, Recharge P50 1970 is, I mean, it's changed my skin. You know he knows his shit because he gave us the 1970. Yes. Like the one with how, the phenol how, acid or whatever it is. Yes. I'm saying the acid name. David, yes. how many times a week do you use it? I use it twice a day. Mm-hmm. I know. But, you know, every everyone's skin is different. Every And then I'll give, I'll do that for like maybe uh, one or two weeks. And then I go off of it and I let my lipid barrier. But my skin is like oily and acne prone. And I need that. I mean, I get hyperpigmentation. I just look at a pimple and I have brown spot there. So <laughs> I need it to fade. Um, so that's one that I really love. I love this spray from Cosmetics that my uh, facialist, Matthew Miller, gave to me. Um, mm-hmm. It's from Cosmic called Mystic. It's obviously, I'm always like, a miss is a miss, it's a spray. This one's extremely soothing and hydrating. And what about cosmetics? Any favorites you can share with us? Yeah. So I'm extremely um, particular about concealer. I love concealers because I feel like that they're a good bridge for people. It's not foundation, but it's not, you know, a little bit. So concealer-wise... Tarte Creaseless Concealer, one of my favorites. Very, very creamy and tacky and dewy. It's not a consistency that's for everyone, but I personally love it. The Bare Minerals Pro Concealers. I find that a, I, a lot of men have ended up purchasing this when I talk about it because it's in a discreet packaging and it's a little stick that they can just buff on and oh, then it blends out. I feel like out. a solid stick would be easier for a first timer. Perfect. And you blend it out with your finger and it's done. And they have a great shade uh, shade range. Um the other, cons- oh, oh my God, I love Maybelline Dream Urban Cover. I l- I'm obsessed with the consistency of it. It's a, like a serum-like texture and it mm. has SPF 50 in it. And it gives your skin the most insane, beautiful sheen without looking oily. I'm obsessed. This is probably That's not a down. concealer. That's oh. more like a CC kind of I, I mean, they call over. it, they call it, it's it's basically foundation, but it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have the, in my opinion, the coverage of foundation. Okay, we're going to play a game with you before you before you go, though. We're going to be here till like 12 time? midnight. Like, tell us more. They call it my bath and my vanity. I'm like at everything. No, no, no. We need like an Instagram live after this. Okay. okay. The thing we do at the end of every episode um, is a quick like five speed round question thing. It's super fun, but it, it, it'll tell us everything we need to know about you. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, first up, what was the first product you ever fell in love with, a beauty or grooming product? It was a wax that I used on my hair after I got my hair relaxed uh, for the first time. It was called Defi, like D-F-I. I believe they still sell it at Ricky's, if Ricky's is still around. I've seen it at like random beauty supply stores. The smell, it's still there. It still smells exactly the same. And I'm, so that was like, what, 1999, to the year 2000. Um, uh-huh. And then- who can forget falling in love with BioSilk? Does anyone remember BioSilk? It was like a hair oil serum, like obviously full of just silicones. Um, and then as an adult, the first concealer that I ever purchased for myself that I still use to this day is the Age Rewind Concealer from Maybelline. And I love oh, it to this day. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Who's the celebrity you just know you'd be best friends with? <laughs> Slash one I have sex with. Um. <laughs> yes. His eyes literally just lit up. And now I need to know who this is. 
Um, I don't. You'll be. Oh God, this is hard. FTF, as the kids say. I have. I have. No, I no. definitely have like a little like celeb crush on like Bad Bunny and Maluma. I would not be best friends with Maluma, but like I definitely have like this like thing of like oh I want to feel that level of like empowerment that I just don't care about like what anyone thinks. Um, they're the ones that I kind of look at the most right now in terms of like inspiration and just wanting to be like, oh, I want to be like a part of that, you know? All right. Okay. Back I to do you, have, sorry. I do have, I do have uh, celebrities that I, I want to be friends with. If you watch Pen15, like I want to be, like, I feel like I would be friends with them. Like I want to be friends with them. I think everybody who's 35 says that because yeah. it's like the exact, it goes back. That show goes to like, if you're 35, this was your sixth grade. This was your seventh grade. It's like totally. lines up with your chronology. Perfectly. Totally. Okay. Next question. What's your favorite indulgent snack? And please be uh, specific. Uh, it's probably the cookies from Levain. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Or from uh, another bakery. I love cookies. I love sweets, period. Uh, City Cakes in Chelsea. They have a half pound cookie. And right now they have one that's pumpkin pie in the middle of like a snickerdoodle cookie. Oh, geez. It's okay. so good. That's a heart attack right there. Um, but it sounds delicious. Okay, what's the song that pumps you up when you need energy? I usually listen to um, a RuPaul song. Um, I usually listen to you, uh, what's, it's the one, fly, 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 uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Just because I, it, <laughs> I love Drag Race, and I just, the songs that they play on the runway, Sissy That Walk, do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm just like, just go for it, just do it. And sometimes I have to listen to that, like, if for something important, I'm like, all right, just do it. Like, don't care what anyone thinks. So Sissy That Walk is probably <laughs> very appropriate for me, by the I way. I didn't know that was the name of that song. <laughs> Thank you for knowing Sissy, the, the- Sissy That Walk. The track name. Okay. And last up, what do you want to raise a wand to? And that's what we do at the end of the show, where you can shout out something you're loving right now, anything you're obsessed mm. with at the moment. <clears throat> that I'm obsessed with? What am I obsessed with right now <laughs> besides myself? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the honesty. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm obsessed with right now? I, I, I am obsessed with, uh, you know, seeing people in my community, uh, the Latinx community, um, really thriving. People like Rosalia, Bad Bunny, just out there, just like fully like living and experiencing and opening the eyes to the world. I mean, you think about like, this tiny island of Puerto Rico is like, has people that come out of it that change the world. And that right now is like, it's not, it's become even more special to me in 2020. And so that's been resonating a lot with me the last couple of weeks, especially right now, just with where I come from and the, the people that are coming off this tiny island and honestly changing the world and the landscape of, of, of the arts. So yeah, I, love I know that. I keep talking about Bad Bunny, but he I, I, he, I do keep going back to him because just, you know, he, he is in a space that is very heteronormative and, you know, about women. And and uh, and he comes out there, he did a video in full drag, you know? Like, that's crazy to me. So I love that's it. what I'm loving right now. Awesome. David, thank you. This was so fun. Thank Thanks for you. opening up your whole world to us and your vanity and everything in your stories. This is great. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, honestly, I have to say, just so you know, just full transparency, um, I work with a PR company that uh, obviously manages T3, which is a brand I work with. So I have obviously known about Bat Mascara for a long time and I have been a super fan and I actually had it like on my career mood board to one day be a guest on it. Stop, so I can't, yeah, like I like was almost in tears. Like I was like, I can't believe this is actually happening. Like I have 
wanted something, I wanted to do this for so long. I didn't think that it would ever happen. So I'm just so grateful to be on here and have the opportunity. And I, I, Obviously, adore That's and admire you both so much. Joking? That makes you so happy. No. You have no idea. David, we wanted <laughs> we, you we to be on the show. <laughs> we wanted you to be on the show. This is so crazy. Yeah, I'm like so it. thrilled and so honored. So thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at fatmascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 